Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening and welcome to Slogging It. Episode 13 will see us discuss um, the rant. Um, DRS system, Virat Kohli getting himself into trouble again. Um, Virat on the pitch, Pakistan versus South Africa. Uh, Our golf day, our cricket 11. uh, And we have a wonderful discussion with um, a wonderful guest called Laura Bales-Bailey. We'll introduce you, as always, to my two... Um, no, I normally say wonderful co-host, but considering the amount of chirp they've just been giving me, I'm just going to say the two fellas I have to suffer time with every week. Uh, firstly, Mr. Eugene Berger, how are you, Chief? I'm very good, thank you, Jono. It's been uh, it's been a good week, and we have been giving you a little bit of stick, but we will stop now. But more importantly, the weather is changing. I don't know what it's like in the north or the Midlands where you guys are, but I've officially turned off the heating. Mate, it was positively glorious today. We had blue skies and it was 11 degrees. <laughs> you worry about that. Uh, Simon, Simon Roberts, how are you, mate? Simon, Simon Roberts, that's a new name. I'm not sure that was the uh, the one my mum gave me, but um, we'll we'll go with that. Middle name Andrew, time. by the way, just in case anyone was bothered. Um, yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Like you say, I had a, managed to talk to, to the dog for a walk today and didn't have to dress like I was Darth Vader, which right. was... Which was quite pleasant. There was there was skin on show. There was I mean it was delightful. Almost got a tan. Right. Okay. Good. Uh, I was wondering where he was going with the Darth Vader thing then. Um, but yeah, I think he means um, wrapped up. Um, well, yeah. So careful how you say that because if you talk about getting wrapped up in public, then you could get yourself in all sorts of bother. <laughs> um, but anyway. <laughs> it's, it's, well. um, anyway, moving on. Um, so first thing to cover off, gentlemen. Uh, we had a fair few reactions to the rant, in inverted yep. commas, the rant, um, which, you know, I, I've quite, we've done a couple of those now, a couple of those short 20-minute things, just discussing things as they've come up. Um, so, yeah, do do head across and check that out. That was basically me just having a, 
I was going to say, were me and you on that? Were, were, were we on that at all, huge, or was that just Jono? We, we were answering Jono's questions and and ending it. We started yeah. and we ended it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, had, I, had <laughs> a, I had a meltdown for about twenty minutes um, <laughs> and just screamed uh, cricket-based things at Eugene and Simon. Um, <laughs> but you know, all valid according to the feedback. Um, uh, you know, just. Uh, yeah, I did, I, it, was, it was like another, doing another episode for me. I, quite I, I was going to say, that's actually, you know, it's actually quite cathartic that you got to vent. And that's the whole point that we're trying to, you know, yeah. we're trying to make sure people understand is you've got to talk about it. So, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad John did. If you don't and you keep it all inside, then that's what can go on to cause problems, something that we are obviously keen to avoid. Um, so, yeah, please do go and check that out. Um, quickly, uh, thank you to our partners, as always, Woodstock Cricket, uh, the Lord's Taverners, the wonderful charity that they are, and Big Smoke Brewery. Simon, perfect product placement there, considering what I was saying. Looks like you've done this before. Um, so, yes, now, um, obviously as part of the rant, a lot of it was to do with third umpires and stuff, and, you know, the, 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 the cricket. Now, we could say... Oh, we're not going to talk about the cricket because it's not going our way. But we are not that type of podcast, are we? So we are going to discuss the cricket. Um, First of all, and this is the thing I forgot to write down, but Ben Folks versus Joss Butler. We were talking about stats earlier and we couldn't find it, but it looked something along the lines of, and it's not going to be exact, so don't come at us with all your cricket badgery, like angriness if we don't get this quite right. But in, in essence... Um, ben Folks averages more in first-class cricket than Josh Butler comfortably across about the same number of games uh, with more stumpings, more catches, um, and he is better looking. Has he shagged someone's mum? Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I, I realise that I need to go on a bit. Hope, hopefully that. his children. <laughs> has, um... he, has he shagged Ed Smith's mum? Because what does he do to have to overtake Josh Butler in the rankings of... Um, it, you know, I don't. I don't mind Josh Butler. He, I'm sure he's a wonderful chap. He's a very, very talented cricketer. Um, but Ben Folks is the best keeper we have, and according to first-class stats, a better batter than Josh Butler. He averages something like 65 in subcontinental conditions. Um, he hasn't fared, fared quite as well against pace. Maybe that's a reason. But he's, you know, averages are averages. It's good. Uh, it's one of these things, isn't it? It's, it's always going to be back in the nineties when we were crap. There was this eternal debate of whether you'd pick Alex Stewart or Jack Russell. With Jack Russell being eminently the better wicketkeeper, but Alex Stewart holding that kind of dual role. Now, it's obviously not the same debate because Alex Stewart averaged thirty-eight in Test cricket and Jack Russell averaged three and a half. So it's not quite the same. Looked debate. good doing it though, didn't he? He did look very good doing it. A great curtain rail, and apparently he smelled lovely all the time as well. So <laughs> apparently he smelled horrific. He used to do it to wind no, the no, no, That was it. That was it. it. Wasn't lovely, was it? It wasn't lovely. On purpose to wind the bus. <laughs> yeah, didn't brush his teeth on the morning of a game. Um, <laughs> which I mean, we can go into Australia should, standing at the stump shadow by any means. What's right and wrong? Wicked gaping gloves. But. Um, 
Ben Folkes has no doubt been unlucky because Joss Butler is seen as a once-in-a-generation cricket talent across all formats in terms yeah. of his ability to take... Ben Folkes is never going to be a destructive type of player. Oh, I don't know. I bet there's a few hundred women out there who might disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, but... <laughs> But he's not in terms of in terms of his batting. He's not not going to change a game now. When he can, when you can stand well, up like to staying him, in and scoring runs, he, he's not. Well, no, but you know what I mean. You, you know what I'm trying to say. No, the he's same not, way as a butler. Yeah, he's not going to do that. Um, but yeah, but butler is a very different type of player to folks. He's folks isn't going to come in. You might argue that that uh, butler yesterday might have got 85 batting with a tail and whacking it being destructive whereas folks played the innings that was required at the, at the start nudged it around but then didn't really shepherd the tail which Butler has been very good at so yeah he got 48 not out played well but yeah. could he have done something different you can argue yes mm-hmm. or no I mean at the end of the day the guy stands up to Stuart Broad bowling 8 4 mile an hour leg spin right. which is I mean he dropped one today but uh, that's that's different gear. That is, is when it comes to keepers and, and that type of thing. To be able to do that, he did some ridiculous takes. Some of his, he got two stumpings. Obviously, yeah. The, the, the comical run out of Rohit Sharma when Rohit Sharma dropped his bat, then tried to dive in, fell over his feet, fell over his helmet. All sorts of stuff mm-hmm. happened, and I don't mean the one on his head. Um, but it's. <laughs> I think at the end of England, they've got the squads they want to pick. In one-day cricket, test cricket, they've got these players they want to get in. And unfortunately, whether it's because he's far better looking than Joss Butler, whether it's because he's slept with Ed Smith's mum, or for whatever that, else... That is a vicious rumour created by us, by the way. <laughs> whatever, whatever other if you're, perspective if you're listening, Ed, we don't be. mean it. He, uh, no, I don't. Of course I don't mean it. But there's obviously a reason that they keep going with Butler and for whatever... I'm not disagreeing with it. He's an unbelievable cricketer. He's, he scores a yeah. lot of runs, but he doesn't score the right type of runs. There's that Australian saying. They always say that. It's like, yeah. you know, he's a good bloke, but he's not the right type of bloke. And he scores loads of runs, but they're not the right type of runs. So, yeah, I feel sorry for folks. I mean, I've been I've been campaigning, not campaigning. I mean, within, within Twickenham I have, actually. Myself and Watsy have a go at each other every time. Every time uh, Butler's low score. Uh, Produces a low score. I just message him a small smiley face, and every time he scores a hundred, he Folks. no, no. When Butler does, no, because uh, you know, should Butler be there? Well, he's not sent you many smiley faces. Though. Yeah, yeah. I'm you send a smiley face in relation to yeah, folks, yeah, I'm exactly. So, but yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's it's it's. I feel like I said, I, I I would be picking him in my side, and if Butler's so good as a batsman, pick him as a batsman. Yeah, uh, I was I was listening to Talk Sport do. Uh, today and two of their commentators uh, or guests, um, summarisers, whatever you want to call them, Matt Pryor and Darren Goff, who were both on at the same time with Neil Manthorpe and Mark Nicholas while uh, folks were standing up. And Matt Pryor and Darren Goff were just like, this bloke's unbelievable. Um, Pryor was saying it's ridiculous. Pryor was begging him to go back. He was saying he should go back. The only thing that's really going to happen here is he's going to get injured um, because of the variable bounce and whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, m- much high praise, especially you know someone like Matt Pryor, who's uh, you know was an incredible wicketkeeper batsman for for England over a long period. Um, 
talking about his scoring rate, do we think that may have been affected by... Uh, you know, we were talking about batsmen doing the hokey-cokey between overs uh, in, in, in a few years' time. Um, looks like Virat Kohli was doing that down the centre of the wicket uh, on a few occasions today. Um, Virat Kohli, by the way, the man who every time you begin to think he's anything slightly less than a dickhead gives you another reason to like make you believe that he is a complete dickhead. Uh, well, we know which side of the fence John <laughs> sits on that now. Um, I just, I think. What is it with these blokes? Stop I, being I have dickheads. no idea. Mate. I don't. The, the running down the wicket thing is knocks me in, for multiple multiple reasons. One, I think it's dead easy not to do. Like, if you take one step and get off, that's fine. Um, I think it's something where occasionally an umpire uses it to get involved in the game, which I dislike. Yeah. Like, you can see, but I mean, Virat Kohli basically army march left, right, from one side of the pitch to the other, thought I've not run on the middle enough here, so went back across, and then went, oh, no, actually, I need to be on that side. So, to be fair, if his spinners are bowling at the halfway mark in the pitch, it's going to spin. Um, but... I think with some of his other behaviour, I think cricket has got... When when we were discussing your rant in the week and, and we were talking about how Joe Root was remonstrating with the umpires to check the next bit, I think we need to be very, very careful. Cricket needs to be very careful not to turn into Roy Keane screaming at Mike Riley, like, fucking what are you doing? Because it, it's getting... Joe Root standing there, remonstrate with the umpire. No umpire in the history of the world has ever gone, no, actually, you're right, mate. Um, let's have a look at that again. It's, it never changes anything. And, and if what Virat Kohli did when talking about the LBW is fundamentally wrong. There is a yeah. decision, there's a DRS system where the player has an opportunity to question an umpire's decision. That's fine. I wonder if Kohli's actually beginning to worry for his job a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's why he's acting. Well, you look at what happened in Australia. Oh, I, you the, know, they lost the first test here. Look, they're going to win this test, no question. But I think it's much more even contest um, in the fact that it's 1-1. I know that England won easily in the first test. And I, I think you also can be absolutely sure as shit guaranteed what kind of wicket we're going to see for the third and fourth. I think it'll be a green seamer next time. Oh, it's a day nighter, isn't it? <laughs> I don't believe you, sir. Um, you'd expect it to break <laughs> I, no, neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I think, uh, to be fair, I think India might just pick one seamer. Well, yeah, I, I think, and then I think I said this to you, boys. The, there's only been forty fifty-seven overs of seam over the three days. Um, I, it was interesting. Now, yeah. you know, has there been that much wrong with the pitch? No, because it's been a spinner's wicket. Totally get that. The only difference is, is that India spinners are better than England spinners. Otherwise, if it was right. the other way around and England were winning this, everyone would say, no, would we be complaining about the pitch? I still would be as a neutral. No. I would. It's not cricket for me. I said this to you guys when we were talking about the pitch and, you know. If a number, if a number eight can stroll out and get 100 on it, I'm sorry, I don't care how good or bad your spinners are, how good or bad your seamers are. If he can walk out as a number eight who averages what, I mean, against England, the average is about 97, <laughs> but... Against every other team in the world, he, he averages about twenty. If he can go out and play like he did, mm. it ain't yeah, that bad. With you. Yeah. I, can't, I, don't, I don't have anything so, to come back. But it's about mentality, yeah. I think, as much as anything, isn't it? Like if you you can play, be positive in defence, um, 
Uh, we just seem to be in seven minds every time. They're not coming all forward, the time. not coming back. Like, yeah, and, you know, it's, it's the perennial problem in India, isn't it, for English teams? Um, but, yeah, so, anyway, uh, I don't feel like Coley's got enough airtime there. Um, I, I think that he is... A brilliant cricketer, but I think he's such a divisive character. Um, just just one other point for me, John. It's one reason why I can't understand England picking, going out there and trying to pick spinners. Because the Indian batters are used to playing bang spinners. average spinners yeah. on Indian wickets. Yeah. So so us picking, it doesn't matter we can pick nine. We, we could go Archer, and pick Joe Archer would have played, and think, nine spinners. He? Archer would have played had he been fit. Yeah. But who would he have played instead? He'd play instead of Stone. Stone, probably, you think. Yeah. So, so we go out and pick two spinners. None of which... I mean, we, we seem to be the only international team that picked off spinners that can't make it bounce. Mm. Like, I mean, I'd have thought that'd be rule number one. Like, Well, you mean the fact that Moinelli bowls so many fullies? Well, him and Don Bess. I mean, just make it bounce six times. That would be a start. Yeah. Like, I'm not... <laughs> I mean, my dad bowls off spin, and you can make it bounce six times. He's 66. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you're right. It might bounce six times your old man lets go of it these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's before it. got to the other end. But, but do you know what it has got a chance of? Spinning. <laughs> <laughs> Especially out of one of Rhett Coley's footmarks. Yeah, you, to be fair, as an off spin on a spinning wicket, surely you'd rather it bounce twice yeah, than not. Yeah. Yeah, the, the uh, one thing I'll I can't... The one thing I'll say about your Virat Kohli comment, uh, Jono, is that this is only the second test. We're going to have heaps more time to talk about him in tests three and four because I don't oh, think his yeah. antics after this test. I mean, there's no. talk of him possibly being banned because of the antics of the way he went up with the IRS. I mean, the DRS um, system. So yeah, well, I mean, that's twice, twice now he's stolen my next point from under me. He's pulled the carpet what are you from under my about? feet. Trying to nick my gag. You can't say he's nicking your gag. He came up with it in the pre-game. Yeah, but I'm the host. <laughs> well, well, tell us your gag. Come on. No, no, I'm not talking about it. We're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> what, to the American it's my train set and I'm taking it. And you two got fuck off. Um, yes, so we have nicknamed, renamed, I say we, uh, evidently. I, I would have tried to say credit for it, but Eugene. Uh, <laughs> Very <laughs> before we came on air, as Rick renamed the DRS system, the IRS system, the India Review system, uh, which I think is brilliant. To be um, fair, if, if it was called that, India would have bought it in a lot earlier than they did. Well, yeah, well, exactly, yeah, because everything has to benefit India. Um, anyway, it's a good they job. Have been, really, so you got, really they have played England off the park yeah. in this yeah. test match. They have yeah, absolutely they have, played yeah. England off the park. Yeah, um, but yeah, I still, th- I still think. Uh, it's it's ridiculous that in today's modern world that one country is allowed to try and um, rub against the grain in the way in which India do when it comes down to decisions that the ICC are trying to make for the benefit of the game for the, for the collective. I, I just, if you buy into it, if you want to be a part of global cricket, be a part of global mm. cricket and agree and do what everyone else does. Otherwise, just go and fucking play on your own, boys. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Although... You know what? Do, what do the lads who go to the IPL and earn fortunes say about that? Because if we, if you then start banishing India, and then all of a sudden it's only Indians allowed to play in the IPL, well then I don't think anybody will watch it. To be quite honest, um, so the, there are arguments for and against that. But anyway, um, golf day um, filling up fast. 
Um, so, yeah, get in touch. Info at slugginit.co.uk. 1st of July, Forest of Arden, European tour venue, just outside Birmingham. It's going to be an absolute belter. We've got some amazing guests. Um, so, yeah, if you, want to, if you want any more information on that, give us a, give us a shout. Uh, we'd be happy to tell you about that, uh, as we would about our Cricket 11. Uh, some exciting things going on there as well. Uh, so, after, uh, after a quick note from our... Uh, wonderful partners at Lord's Taverners. You will hear a interview that we did uh, late last week uh, with a lady called Laura Bailey. Um, who, really, really interesting interview, actually. Uh, just before we go into that, I must remind you about the Lord's Taverners. Text number 70331. Please text TAVS11 to 70331 to donate £3. We know a lot of you have been doing it, um, but it is a wonderful charity. And so as no one's been able to spend any money in lockdown, just give it all to the TAVS. Makes us look good, uh, and that'd be amazing. So thank you, please. Um, yes, please make sure you are 16 or over and have the bill paid permission. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, we'll see you on the other side. Ta-da! The Lord's Taverners is the UK's leading youth cricket and disability sports charity. We break down barriers and empower disadvantaged and disabled young people to fulfil their potential and build life skills. Our cricket programmes support some of the most marginalised and at-risk young people in the UK, using sport and recreation to build links and encouraging groups to play sport together. We tackle issues such as knife crime, unemployment, radicalisation and also isolation, something we are all feeling right now. Last year, our programmes impacted the lives of more than 12,000 young people and, with your support, will help even more in the future. Find out more and make a donation at lordstaverners.org and help us to continue our life-changing work. Thank you. Thank you, as always, to uh, our partners, the Lords Taverners, a wonderful charity that they are. This week, we are extremely excited uh, to welcome... Our first lady to the podcast, cricket captain, social media sensation, dental practitioner, influencer and LMS legend. The list goes on. It is Laura Bales Bailey. How are you, Laura? I'm very good. I didn't know I had so many accolades to my name. Well, you know, we like to impress uh, on the on the on the show. So yeah, we like to give people a bit of a big up before we start pissing them off. I'll give you the tenor later. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely um so as always we'll be asking laura uh, a lot about kind of cricket her career in cricket how she got into cricket uh touching on a couple of mental health bits before moving into the all-important questions where we will no doubt uh, take a tenor off her i have been nominated this week to match laura's donation and so hoping uh, as i always do when it's my turn that she performs incredibly well uh so uh in the hot seat to start this week is me uh, so first off, how did you, or who do you have to thank for getting into your cricket? How did your journey in the game start? Um, it's a pretty unimpressive story. It's, it, it starts with a, a guy called Dan. Um, and Dan is um, your average London guy. Okay, He moves to London um, and you go into spare room and you know nobody. So you end up living with complete strangers. And that is basically how I met Dan. And Dan was an absolute cricket um, enthusiast and he would just have it on the telly the whole time. Like there was no way I'd be watching anything else. Um, so I was kind of forced to watch it a bit. And then one day he was like, Bells, we are, we're short. Do you want to come have a go? 
And I was like, uh, no, because one, it's boring. <laughs> and two, I don't know any of the rules. Like, it's ridiculous. How do you remember all of that? And it was like, it's right rounders, you'll be fine. And <laughs> I was quite into my sports then. So I thought, oh, okay, fine, I'll come along. Um, uh, little did I know, they, they made me open the bowling. <laughs> and, and at this point, I literally didn't know anything about bowling. So I was doing these absolute filth bombs, like, <laughs> like pushing it in the air, it going like five meters in the air and then dropping down. But I got so many wickets because these these, these lads were like, oh, I'm going to whack her, you know, full toss. But as the saying goes, <laughs> shit gets wickets. Um, <laughs> yeah. So from that day forth, I basically, I became addicted. I was like, this is amazing. Um, so, yeah, thanks, Dan, wherever you are now. <laughs> Stay in touch. Cheers to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on that note, we should say thank you to Big Smoke. Yes. Laura's uh, obviously uh, modelling it brilliantly for us, much better than three of us ever ever do or would. But, um, yeah, so thank you to our um, partners, as always, Big Smoke. So you're now part of a really big club in Surrey um, with a successful junior section, successful men's team. John has asked me to write reasonably successful, but I'm... Hey, that's... I'm just doing it for my, my mates at Wimbledon. <laughs> it's just a little kind of local <laughs> derby dig, that. Um, but... Up the Dons. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> were, were Spencer one of the first clubs in Surrey to try and drive the ladies' game uh, and that type of initiative? Um. So from my experience, when I started playing, I was only playing men's and someone came up to me and said, if you want to get serious, you need to start playing for a women's team. And there is a team in London that is really progressive. They've got a fantastic lady side um, and, you know, they're going to really support you. And Spencer was that name. So I was kind of um, directed that way. Um, and there wasn't really any others that I'd, I was told about. So... Yeah, I guess at that point, you know, six years ago, you know, they were really, really progressing with their ladies' side, women's side, yeah. You you mentioned that you were scouted from that point of view, and it was an interesting conversation we had all fair about how you got scouted and, more importantly, where you got scouted because I think at the time you were at the Oval doing something. Yeah. Is that right? So um, tell us a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, so um, – I'm one of those people that when I want to do something, I kind of I got a bit mad. Maybe I've got ADHD or something. But I was like, when I when I decided I wanted to be good at cricket, I was like, I'm going to be good at cricket. So I I used to just um, I used to go to the adult classes at the Oval. They do a coaching session there, and you know I made friends with some of the coaches and some of the the helpers and whatever. And I I ended up being able to just turn up whenever I wanted and just see my friends and just join in with nets. Um, and, you know, that was the only way I was going to do it. I couldn't afford to, you know, pay to net all the time. And so I kind of just made friends and friends and friends. So one day I was netting with some friends I'd made. Um, and um, I was just hitting, just basically trying to whack the ball. There was absolutely no technique, but I just was giving it a good whack. And there was a, a guy watching and he was from Surrey. And he said, yeah, you can you can hit it, can't you? And I was like, yeah, it's all right. Um, he was like, how long have you been playing cricket? And I said, like a year or whatever. And he said, well, you know, you've got potential. If you want to get serious, you need to start playing for women and, and get a um, a local club. So that's how that conversation started to get into to women's cricket at the Oval. And the current Spencer Ladies 11 captain, 
uh, obviously working as a dental practitioner, as we said. Um, where did the nickname, and I think Eugene's loaded this question, because, I mean, it would make sense that it's your surname, but there's no cricketing analogy as to why you're named Bales, right? It is just a surname. No, 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 no. It's, no, um, I never got called Bales before cricket. Um, I was always called Laura or Loza, which I hate. So thank God for <laughs> thank God for cricket. Um, but no, it was cricket, and it was just because you know it's you know that chat that cricket chat. It's like oh here comes Bales, the Bales are going to fly, and obviously like it is related to my name as well. But it almost like just ties in perfectly. So I always have it on my my cricket shirts, and and that's just how I'm known. Yeah. Nice. Um, being a part of Spencer um, over the years, you've had some amazing faces there. Obviously, Gus Atkinson, who's currently on the the staff at Surrey, uh, George Edwards, Michael Carberry. How how involved is Gus, let's say, um, in in the club outside of being a professional and you know trying to help the ladies section improve and, and push forwards? Yeah, so I, I I have to say Spencer is so um, welcoming and progressive with women and I, I do feel like even people like Gus you know who have had their debut for Surrey this year they are heavily involved um and they don't you know they don't sacrifice women's cricket to push on the men's like it's it's very a very very fair um club so yeah I would say he uh, people like Gus are very active and and supportive Ebony Rainford Brent I always find that name really difficult to say but uh, I'm a bit of an idiot um She's obviously massively involved in Surrey, pushing um, cricket in minority or traditionally cricket in minorities massively, but especially women's cricket forward. Um, can you give us some kind of idea what her work and stuff has achieved within Surrey women's cricket and then and a national level as well? Yeah, um, I firstly I think she's not only is she an amazing cricketer, she's very very talented, mm. but she is just one of those people that is such a, a born leader. Um, and people listen to her and she's just so inclusive I just think the, the great thing about her is that every single girl in any part of the world or, co or country or town can believe that they can be a cricketer from the way she talks mm. and I really feel like that's the message that she's brought to to not only Surrey and London but it's so much broader than just her county presence um, I do feel like nationwide she has spurred little girls on to play and and feel like they can play professional cricket so yeah I, I yeah big fan big fan she was my she was uh, my mate's best man yes oh Ebony. mark costin mark costin yeah so i know mark from our days together at wimbledon and then uh yeah was it was it I, i've gotten to know ebony reasonably well over the years as well through through mark and uh, she was his best man and she did such an amazing job. The wedding was uh, fantastic. But uh, just like, you know, you watch Ebony now on Sky and doing all the broadcasting stuff. And she was a, you know, before she was kind of doing any of that. But yeah, she was the ultimate pro. So she did, she did a great job. Uh, evening, Ebony, by the way. Yeah. yeah, she's so, she's just so like, she hasn't changed. Whatever, you know, is going on. And she's just humble, funny, just down to earth, which I love. So, so talking of Ebony, um, obviously Isha Gould's been very popular in the Big Bash and she's done a number of the tests in um, in Australia. Um, and obviously I think that has something to do with women's cricket throughout the UK and, and the inspiration that women have provided to a lot of young people. Um, first of all, congratulations to Ebony for being signed for Channel 4. Um, she's going to be doing the, the last three tests. But 
Going back to the women's cricket game, was that an inspiration for you? And more importantly, have you seen a surge of players or, or, or ladies come to the club to start playing cricket? Yeah, um, definitely an inspiration to see someone like Ebony in the position that she is. Um, fantastic. Um, and I definitely, especially since the World Cup, when the women won the World Cup, mm. the, the influx of players, young children, young girls... Um, even adult women that have never played cricket before, like it's it's cra- crazy. Like these these women, you know, they're late twenties and they're like, I want to try cricket, and it's fantastic. It's amazing, and I think it is because of people like Ebony um, being in the spotlight and you know that that World Cup win. I, I, yeah, it's definitely pushed things forward. I know from um, I know that our clubs are going to be playing against each other this year. Um, our ladies' eleven yeah. is going to be playing against Spencer, so there's going to be a bit of a showdown there. <laughs> and to your point, we had a huge influx of ladies last year specifically yeah. um, that came in and started playing for the club. And I think some of it had to do with you know the participation, but um, it, it looks so positive now. I think we're in two or three competitions um, from a ladies' perspective. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's it's only it's only a good thing. It's fantastic. I think we're for the first time in history we are. Um, creating a third 11, which um, is wow. amazing, which is fantastic. Wow. And, you know, we, we're having so many strong players available, um, you know, 22 at very, very strong first team players available every week. And it's so refreshing to not be like, oh, does mm. your does your sister play cricket? Does she want to? Like, <laughs> does she want to come and play? <laughs> like that, gone are those stresses. Um, um, mm. And I think, you know, last year we won... Um, the Surrey Slam competition and that has just brought so many younger girls um, up and basically ready to start playing first 11 and inspired many so yeah Brilliant I think uh, I know where my money is Uh, I think the Twickenham Ladies 11 sponsored by Woodstock Cricket obviously with superior uh, bats and equipment will no doubt turn over the Spencer Ladies uh, in the the summer of 2021 (laughs) It's going to be uh, one for the books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think that cricket fans, on a broader scale, are beginning to have a better understanding of women's cricket? Like, you know, I, I now hear a lot more men talking about women's yeah. cricket and the the vast improvements that have kind of gone within the game over the last. You know, that 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 World Cup win certainly everybody. You know, unless you were living on Mars for a few a month. You know, everybody heard about that and anybody who loves cricket very much engaged with that. Do you think that the the male cricketing population, as it were, uh, are starting to take a much more genuine interest in in the the women's game? Definitely. Um, It it, it sounds funny, but I can actually compare six years ago when I used to play men's cricket. um, And, you know, you gather in the pub afterwards, you pack a crisp pint and you'd be chatting. And back then, men almost didn't know what to talk to me about. They didn't know anything about women's cricket, right? And it's, you know, it's like, oh, so, you know, what do you do? Like, whatever. Um, Fast forward six years, you know, I'm actually having really in-depth conversations about, you know, the power hitting of the West Indies, you know, uh, so so many more things like... um, that I would never expected to have had a conversation about. So I think the knowledge and also the interest has definitely improved. Um, and yeah, I, I'm excited. I feel like it's becoming more of a, an even playing field more and more. Talking of power hitting and stuff in the women's game that you just mentioned there, obviously the 100 is being run concurrently with uh, the men's tournament this summer. 
Like, do you think that's that's only ever going to promote the game as a whole, isn't it? Within amongst women and and that type of thing, like, that's obviously a massive thing for for women's cricket to be done. I know the Big Bash started it, mm. but then that's that's going to be massive, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, seeing um, adverts where you've got you know Danny Wyatt and Josh Butler next to each other, you know, mm. in kit advertising a hundred, that that yeah, it's only going to do great things, and I. I do think that, you know, now that women are able to make a living and have a professional contract, that mm. will just keep accelerating. Um, yeah, so definitely it's going to help. It is amazing to think that, like we spoke earlier off the thing about I was on the MCC and cricketers, and at the time that was the first female contract, and it was the light of Catherine Brunt. Um, there were some others on it, but I think Catherine was the one that got the furthest. So, but it was there was only six. There were six contracted players to the MCC, and the ECB had no contracts. Now that was in two thousand five. Yeah. But now you move forward to you, you move forward to now, and it's just a, a huge change. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it was actually last summer that it was the first. The, you know the whole co- the competition with the Southern Vipers, the Central Sparks. That was the first official competition where women actually could write on their job description they were a professional cricketer you yeah, know th- there was yeah. none none of this part-time you know they've got to work a job to try and support their passion for cricket um they're actually getting paid you know a decent mm-hmm. amount of money to live to train and to be a professional cricketer and i think that's so inspiring and exciting i think you're right when you talk about um so danny wire and joss butler you know being seen together on adverts I think it's now very much about um, it's seen as parity, isn't it? It's seen as like the women's game is very much as important as the men's game. Now, obviously, it's still in a, a kind of um, growth phase, mm. let's say, but it's seen such massive growth that it is catching. You know, it'll take a while, but it's catching the the men's game up in terms of popularity, and I, I think that's fantastic. I mean, the through through Woodstock, we got uh, one of my marketing guys sent me a list when the when all the central contracts got announced, um, and as I said, you know, as we said off air, I'm I'm really looking forward to to trying to do some more, um, quite a lot of work within the ladies' game. I've been talking to Lydia Greenway, who we're going to have on the podcast in a few weeks' time, uh, to see about how, as a business, we can try and kind of really help push the the, the female game forward as well. So, um, but it's really refreshing to see that actually not only are fans starting to take the the ladies or the women's game more seriously, but also um, the ECB and the lawmakers and what have you by having the, the, the women's T20s before the international men's T20s and that kind of yeah. stuff. Uh, it's actually beginning to show a lot more parity. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so talking about Josh Butler and Danny White and the and the and the media sensation that they caused, um, you're a bit of a media sensation, aren't you? Um, you're, you're all over Instagram uh, in, in quite an active way. So, you know, did you get into that before cricket? Was it something that came with cricket? What, what was the story? Um, so, no, uh, I, to be honest, I, I find it quite draining, but I know the importance of it. Um, and I think you can use it to a positive effect. So I actually, I didn't post that much before cricket. And even when I started cricket, you know, there's this whole, you know, you've got to be cool, you don't want to post, you're a cricketer, you know, whatever. Um, um, so actually, for a while, I, I was too scared to do it, you know. I, I cared too much about what people thought. Um, and then I went away to India with Cricket Mentoring. I don't know if you're aware of them on Instagram. 
and they just mm. said Laura just like just go for it you you know you're a female <clears throat> English girl that plays cricket you you're gonna do well just just do it like you know you can inspire women and and all of that so I just decided one day that I was just going to go for it and see what happened, you know, and, and also I really wanted to use it to inspire other people um, and also open opportunities for me because it is difficult to to get in front of the right people and to be scouted. Um, mm. So really it was like almost my showreel, my, my CV. Um, so that, yeah, that's how I started it, after cricket. And if you don't follow Laura, Laura, what's your hashtag there? What, 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 what yeah. is your, what is it's your? Laura underscore and underscore Bailey. And I've like. AKA I, Bales. Yeah, and I've always wanted to, to have Bales or something, but people just know me as that now. So everyone was like, do not change it. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, having followed you for, oh, well, since we started talking, um, yeah, you post, uh, you post quite a bit of uh, cricketing content there, don't you? I mean, as you say, that's your almost your CV or your portfolio um, of all the stuff that you do. So, yeah, I mean, definitely go and have a look at uh, at Bales's Twitter, uh, not Twitter, Instagram. Thank you. <laughs> you bowled some pretty handy leg spin, uh, and having watched some um, video evidence, you, you seem to love competing with the guys in Last Man Stands. Um, it's obviously obvious from talking to you that the ability to compete on a level playing field with the with the guys is something that you obviously take great pride in and, you know, and and, and you know, getting them out and smashing them for four or six or whatever, something that you absolutely love doing. Yeah, it's make me sound like a sadist there, but um, no, look, I think it's, it's, I'm just, I'm just in, innately competitive. I've just always been that way, you know, get out a game of Monopoly, someone's going to be crying at the end of it. Um, you know, I just am very, very competitive. And I guess that does translate when I do play with men, I almost get this like fire on. I want to prove myself, which sounds really stupid. Yeah. I relish, um, you know, being doing things that people don't expect me to do. Um, and, and if that's bowling someone out, then so be it. Is there a problem still in cricket that you would presume exists where blokes, where if you come out to bat, you know, go, well, I'm not coming off the long run, I'm only going to, you know, bowl off spin or whatever because I, mean, I presume that being as competitive as you are you want to then face up to the guys just doing what they would do to other guys yeah. right or what what's the you know how is that situation kind of dealt with in the open field of play yeah i would say you know five years ago when i first started it was a bit more like they would maybe take it easy on me um but i think the more, as I progress and the more the women's cricket has become in the spotlight, um, I definitely feel like they don't change anything. You know, I've been bounced. I've been hit in the ribs. I've, you know, all of those things. And, um, you know, LMS, you know what the pitches are like. Um, it will be like <laughs> yeah. pitch black and I'll have a bouncer, like, whiz past my face. Um, but, yeah, I, I do like that. I would prefer it that way. I don't want to feel like someone's taking it easy on me because otherwise the success doesn't feel right or as, or as good. Um, that doesn't mean that sometimes I'm like, oh, God, like, this is quick. <laughs> this is quick. Um, so, yeah, I would say that, no, I think it's pretty even now. Brilliant. I'm really glad I get to ask this question because this is about another form of cricket that I love. But um, your balls of fire sounds <laughs> like some kind of heinous activity. But um, 
Can you talk us through balls of fire and what that is, how it works, how do people, if they want to get involved, I think it's a great way to get involved in cricket anyway, indoor cricket, but how do people get involved if they choose to? Yeah, so um, I absolutely love indoor, indoor cricket and actually I would consider it kind of almost completely separate to outdoor. It's so different. Mm. Um, obviously, there are translatable skills. Um but indoor cricket is just so much fun. It's you're in such a close team. You're you're in a confined space. Probably not very COVID secure at the minute. But um, <laughs> but, but it's um, it's all about like your reaction speed, tactics. It's all fast paced um, and high energy. So I would just. I mean, I think there's a couple centres around the UK. Um, mm. You can just search for indoor cricket, but it's there's a lot of women playing indoor cricket, and I think it it can be such a good social as well as um, competitive. Yeah, it's. Um, I actually know the guy that's taking over um, Action Indoor Cricket UK. <sighs> so uh, they actually follow us on our Twitter and Instagram. Um, it's just Action Indoor Cricket UK. Um, I believe, but if so, if anyone wants to get involved, please just dive on there. Like Laura says, there's centres all over the place. Um, I know that the, they're they're changing the way it's run to try and make it even more inclusive and get more people involved. So, yeah, um, it's great. It's it's great fun. Mm-hmm. It is great. It's fun. More, I don't know if you the cricket as well. It's quite good. Mm-hmm. Good social. The social yeah. aspect of it, especially in that balls of fire team that you're involved in, <sighs> uh, is. Um, is is special. It's a special. It is. Me and Eugene actually play for the uh, the the. Can you call it sister team or brother team? I'm not quite sure how it works, but yeah, they, we we both play for the the other team that's involved from the men's point of view. So that's, that's quite good. Yeah, it's like light-hearted. It's not too serious. Yeah, yeah. On on a slightly more serious note, um, you had an opportunity to play for Surrey. And unfortunately, it didn't transpire through to a, a couple of reasons. And, you know, when we were chatting um, offline and prepping for this, it was more of a, do you know what, it's actually affected you quite in, in quite a big mm. way mentally. Um, do you maybe want to talk to us a little bit about how and, and why that transpired and, and how you've sort of progressed and got to where you are now? Yeah. So, so actually, it actually starts even further back then the trial was, sorry, more recently. I got involved, I had a trial with Surrey maybe 2015, 16, and basically they said I wasn't good enough, which to be honest, at that time I was not good enough, you know, I'd only been playing for two years, for goodness sake, but anyway, um, but they kept inviting me to come and train with them and bowl at their bowlers, just because they needed bowlers, and I thought, oh, this is fantastic, like experience, whatever, so did that for a bit, um, and then a new person came into management and, you know, I was a lot better at this point and I'd maybe not been in contact with them for a while. And I thought, should I have another go? Should I? So I went to another trial, got rejected. And I was like, so I was like, okay, fine. I, you know what, this is fine. I'm not going to, I won't pursue anymore, whatever. And then another person came into in charge and there was another trial and I had a great friend who was a fantastic cricketer. She'd come over from India and she used to play state cricket and she was amazing. And, wow. and she really wanted to do this trial, her, but her English wasn't great. So I was helping her do all the application, all that. And she asked me to come along with her to the trial. 
And so I came and, you know, I turned up and they said, are you, are you trialing as well? And I was like, oh no, no, I'm not. Because I just felt like I can't fail again. The third time I can't fail. But deep down, I was like, I want to do this. Um, and they were like, oh, well, you can bowl and get involved if you want. So I started bowling and actually I got offered to join the squad. And I thought, oh, crikey, like I didn't even want to do it. But OK, this is amazing. So, you know, I got all my kit, got my name on my back, you know, Bailey, number, I think it was 60, 29, 29 or something like that. And I was like, oh, my God, I've made this. And it almost, do you know what? You know the, the imposter syndrome when you mm. just doubt yourself? And I, I, I felt like I just wasn't good enough to be there because of all that failure and all of that. And I, I felt like maybe that held me back a bit. So I was in the squad, I was training, but I never felt like I deserve to be there. Um, and I got selected for a game. And I believe I was in Croatia or Sardinia or something with my family on holiday. And I couldn't get back because there was no planes. And I was just devastated and I ended up not playing. And that was my only opportunity to play for Surrey, the first 11 um, that year. And then after that, I got a letter saying basically, you know, we're having to cut the numbers and we won't be offering you a contract in 2019 or whenever it was. And yeah, that, I mean, you know, fourth, fourth time failing. <laughs> I feel like for anyone that's going to be um, pretty hard. So yeah, so that's, that was my journey with Surrey at that point. When you, uh, after, after that, obviously disappointment, you, you took a bit of a break um you obviously you know won the contract as a seamer um but obviously it changed you to kind of change course if you like and, and now you've become a um i know i said filthy leggy earlier i obviously didn't mean it uh but now you bowl your leg spinning all rounder so how did that come about what what caused you to to make that change yeah so yeah i wasn't really recognized for my batting at all sorry um but i knew i enjoyed batting um, and after that decision, I, to be honest, I was just, I was done with cricket. I was like, this is stupid. You know, I felt, I felt embarrassed, which is so silly because, you know, some, loads of people aren't good enough to make it. Okay. And, you know, but I, I felt stupid embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. Jono there putting his hands up. No, I, <laughs> um, no I, I felt embarrassed and I almost felt like I just didn't want to admit to the world that I wasn't good enough. And, and I did feel like at this stage, you know, my age and all of that, that if I didn't make it then, like, that's it. So I, I took a step back and just, just didn't do any yeah, which for me is weird. It's like even in the, the winter, I'm like, go, go, go. I don't really have a break. So I took about six months off. And then I thought, okay, let's give this one more go. <laughs> Fifth time lucky, right? Um, so I decided to think about my game plan. So if I want to play professionally or semi-professional, whatever, what's going to make me stand out? There's hundreds of scene bowlers hundreds thousands whatever so I was like what what's gonna make me stand out so I looked into spin bowling and we have an amazing resource at Spencer in the shape of Scott Moody I don't know if you've heard of Scott Moody he was in the same school and training as Shane Warne you know Terry Jenner was his his coach and he is 
he's amazing. And if, if Shane Warne wasn't in that era, Scott Moody would probably be playing for, for Australia or would have been playing for Australia. So he's fantastic. And he uh, coaches a lot of children at Spencer. So I got in contact with him. I was like, uh, can you teach a 26-year-old woman how to play, how to bowl leg spin, please? And he was like, oh, okay. So <laughs> he was like, this is going to be interesting. Um, so I started off uh, doing a six-week lesson, one-to-one, you know, every week for six weeks. And it's probably the most infuriating few weeks I've ever had in my life. Like leg spin, spin in general, but leg spin is disgustingly hard. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> um, so I, I basically thought, okay, that's it. I need to become a leg spinner and I need to up my batting game because that's the only thing that's going to give me any sort of chance. Um, and so mm. that's how I decided to change to leg spin. They do say it's the most, uh, the, the toughest aspect or discipline in cricket, don't they, leg spin? You know, there's so many variables and so many things that can go wrong. Yeah. Um, I mean, I find bowling seam up hard enough. You have to put my wrist into it and kind of let it go out the back of the hand. No, less chance of getting it right. Yeah, it's very, very hard. Mm, yeah. So you're now obviously in a far happier cricketing place than uh, than you were back then. What are your aspirations kind of? moving forward is it still that Surrey still a dream or are you looking bigger than that or um, is it I think county wise I think Surrey's great but I think I'm mentally I'm done for there um, and obviously they're a very strong side whatever so I think moving on to some other county um, would be great I actually had a trial um, uh, lined up in December last year Um but it was cancelled because of COVID. And then it got rescheduled to January and then it's cancelled again. But I'm in contact with them. They still want me to come along as soon as the open airs training is happening. And that's for Berkshire, um, which is an incredibly strong team as well. So I am hopeful that, you know, I, I want to play for County. Um, but, you know, ideally I'd want to play professionally. It, you know, it doesn't have to be for like a long time. I just, I just want to tick it off you know it sounds silly yeah, yeah. but just yeah. yeah throw everything into it but you know county would would suit me very very well in you know i'm a dental therapist the other part of my life so something that works within that would be yeah amazing brilliant um bales it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you uh thank you for being the first uh women's cricketer that has joined us on the podcast it, it, it's been wonderful to hear your insight on not only the women's game, but the, the, the game that we, the four of us so dearly love in, in general. Um, now on to the tougher bit. Um, I really hope you know you play cricket stats because oh, I'm God. putting in... Uh, I no Google them now. Same as you tonight. You've got to be able to see so, Yeah, so you've got to see... Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I wish I wish not. I wish you know I could like feed you the answers, but I don't have your phone number, so there's no chance. Um, but... Um, yeah, so tonight Eugene's going to ask you five questions. Uh, Simon's going to give you the answers. Uh, you do have a little bit of leeway. Uh, I'd love to decide how much leeway. <laughs> you yeah. better be telling the world my good stats, yeah? We're going to see. We're going to see. Yeah, so uh, two pounds a question. Uh, I will match it, so it'll be anywhere up to £20 going direct to uh, the Lord's Taverners as our right. charity partner. 
Uh, so huge, off you go. Yeah, so uh, Laura, all of these stats, um, or well, four, the first four anyway, are come from play cricket. So um, if there is any discretionary errors, it's due to the input that was put into play cricket, i.e. put shit in, put shit out, get shit out. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so how many games have you played on play cricket? Men, women. Um, you can have a leeway of 10. I'm going to say... Well, hang on, that's, a, that's for us to decide. I'm going to say I've already 224. Said Unless it's a leeway. You can have a leeway of 124. Unless it's a leeway of 96. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 128. Oh, okay. That's still quite a lot in six years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is like, definitely yeah is. break it down like that, that is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Um, According to Play Cricket, how many wickets have you taken in total? Uh, la, 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 la. I'm going to say 140. Oh, if you don't, oh, I was just going to just say 100. <laughs> when you got it. When... Is it exactly 100? 99. Oh, 99. We wouldn't really give you 100. That's such a frustrating yeah, yeah. number. <laughs> well, you've, you've got 2021 to look forward oh. to. Come on. Oh, God, I go. really rate myself, don't I? 140. <laughs> Um, what year did you take your best bowling figures for uh, of four for 16 and who was it against um oh wait i would already prime myself for the year (laughs) okay the years the years needed so the year i think was 2018 was it 2017 2019 (laughs) Um, I mean, you've got a one. You've got a one in six chance of getting it right. <laughs> yeah. Was it? Was it against? Um, so wait, was it two thousand? What was the year? Two thousand sixteen. Yeah. Was it against Ickenham? Sounds a bit like Finchley. <laughs> was it Finchley? Yeah, it was. Damn, Finchley. they are good. Well done, me. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact. I okay. like the fact that you took on that as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I am 38 so you... years old and I still do that. And all of a sudden, I feel, I feel Wait, for the... justified. Amazing. For those of you listening on the podcast, you will see that on YouTube or we might screen clip that and put it on Instagram just because it is that good. Oh, Ali G circa 2002 has come flying straight back into my head. That, that might that might be one of the um, that kind of prequels that we where yeah. we announce Laura's podcast. Oh, absolutely. Uh, question number four: How many not outs have you got? Fuck all. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. How many not outs have I got? Um, I have got fifteen. Twenty-seven. Oh, okay. Under promise, over deliver. You're doing yourself an injustice there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, a lot, if you'd have gone on with the, if you'd have carried on your sort of record with your first two questions, you'd have actually been all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's because I thought bring it bring it down a peg, Laura. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought she was. I thought she was going to say 128. <laughs> uh, and the last one's not related to cricket, but um, it is something that uh, you do um, enjoy doing quite a bit of. Um, how many Instagram followers do you have? What right now? Well, as of, as of about an hour and a half ago, yeah. yeah. Um, 3,714. Wow. Again, you've gone down the question four route when you should have gone down the question one and two route. You've got 5,713. Oh, no! I'm, I'm, that's my other Instagram account. Damn it. 
I just said the wrong oh, right. one. <laughs> She's basically just said, I'm, I'm near as damn it, I'm 10,000 oh, because yeah. I've got two accounts. No, no, damn it. Okay, no, that's my dental page. I mean, dent, sorry, I, I haven't really looked at my, my cricket one today. Yes. Anybody who wants to follow Laura the Dentist on Instagram, they're <laughs> a cricket podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, damn it, that's the only question I thought I was at, I would have nailed, right? It's, it's uh, 5,714, right? Thirteen. Obviously, someone's got bored yeah. and been you off. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I got that wrong. <laughs> oh, oh well, another another really successful night for me as uh, being in the seat of matching the guest's donation. Oh, that is uh, that is twenty pounds that will uh, be racing its way to the Lord's Taverners, uh, the wonderful charity that it is. So we do not begrudge them that whatsoever. Um, as we said uh, previously, Bales, it's been a great pleasure to talk to you. Mm. Um, hope that we um, here's an idea: when we have the slogging it cricket eleven yeah. days, um, would you like to come and play for us? Absolutely, we would love it if you came and joined us. So we've got uh, we'll probably have three or four games this year. So we'll make sure that we get you involved in well as many as you're available 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 for. On second thoughts. <laughs> yeah, that's after, that's after two cans of big smoke. So yeah, I'll be I'll be useless if. Uh, well, they're sponsoring uh, it. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, it's been a, a wonderful pleasure to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, good luck as we go through 2021. We look forward to seeing your progress. Uh, we we hope that you will stay in touch with little old us. And uh, yeah, we can't wait to get you involved in some of the cricket days. Thanks, guys. And uh, following on from our wonderful conversation with Bales, uh, here is a note from our sponsors, Woodstock Cricket. Looking for a new cricket equipment partner for yourself or your club can sometimes be tricky with so many options to choose from. How do you make the right choice? When you want quality, value and service, there really is only one place to start. For more than a decade, Woodstock Cricket have been producing award-winning, high-performance cricket bats from their Shropshire workshop. Matched with their classy soft goods, luggage and accessories, Woodstock Cricket really do tick all the boxes. Get in touch with Woodstock Cricket and find out why many loyal clubs, players and international customers can't be wrong at info at woodstockcricket.co.uk. Uh, thank you, as always, to our partners at Woodstock Cricket, um, who apparently make wicket-keeping gloves that, where the ink won't go all over your nice white trousers, especially <laughs> if they're black. <laughs> anyway, uh, you'll hear more about that. Hear more about that in my rant. Um, uh, if you if you care or have listened to it or would care to go and check it out, uh, quite funny. Uh, I thought so. Anyway, so uh, lads, really, really good interview. Uh, really enjoyed spending a you know an hour and a half chatting to Laura. It was really good fun. She's just like, um, you know, pretty carefree attitude. Just you know, obviously loves the game. Came to it late. Uh, something that I know we want to talk about is, you know, how um, is that is cricket a game that is easy to come to later in life? You know, because you know, I think it's one of those things that normally we would say you kind of need to grow up with because cricket is either in you or it seems like an absolute hassle to try and get to understand all of it. Because it, from an outside looking in, I think it seems like a very complicated sport. But Laura obviously did that and, and, um, and she's done pretty well out of it. What a way to get into cricket, you know. 
on my rooms, I think it was, or find my room or whatever it was. Unbelievable way to get into cricket. Meet a guy that's an absolute badger or enthusiast, as she called him. Um, and then, and then, you know, come to the game late. I mean, it's, it's, it's testament to anybody that wants to play cricket and take an interest in it. You know, I mean, um, Laura, you know, learned the game pretty late and, and, you know, is now a, a, you know, very successful leg spin bowler, um, which she didn't even start off as that. So she's sort of learned it twice. Which is which is even better from that point of view. The one thing I do have to quickly say though is I have to apologise for the amount of times I called it uh, ladies' cricket. Um, I was rightfully pointed out at our AGM that um, I was at last week on Friday that it's now uh, the women's uh, cricket side, not the ladies anymore. It's women's yeah, cricket. So, yeah. So yeah. um, our. I, funnily enough, we we've got a guest who we're recording with tomorrow, uh, who used to play for England women's uh, cricket uh, eleven team. Uh, and I, it's funny, I was, I, I was having a chat with her and I was like, see, I always thought it was politer to call a lady a lady rather than a woman. <laughs> and so we had this chat about it and maybe we can talk to her about it tomorrow. But yeah, I, I, you know, it's, you know, I don't think, I don't think there, people are necessarily offended by it being called ladies cricket. I just think in today's um, world, it's just, the, it seems to be the thing that, you know, the, the way it should be referenced as women's yeah, cricket. Cool. So. I'm sure you'll be thinking you. you. I was just, you know, to like you. didn't want to get stoned. One, the, the thing I wanted to sort of uh, mention was that she started at 23, which is incredible, but her commitment to it upon starting, like she obviously got into it and then she'd just go to the Oval or and, and just be in the nets and just keep training with whoever wanted her to train with them. That's... Yeah. That takes some gumption to do that, just to walk yeah, yeah, in yeah. and go, no, sorry, yeah, I'll, I'll bowl, I'll bowl, I'll bowl, I'll, I'll keep doing it. She seems it. pretty positively minded, though, doesn't she? Yeah. Like, you know, what, she, she's, you know, up and at them tight, you know, just goes and if she decides she wants to do something, uh, then she'll go and do it. So, yeah, no, it was amazing. I mean, obviously, she's involved at um, Spencer, um, you know, reasonably sized club, um, would probably want to be as successful as Wimbledon, but that's a story for another day. Up the dons. Um, but, uh, <laughs> sorry, can't help it. Um, but no, Spencer, a massive club, massive, massive junior section. I think probably the biggest in Surrey. Um, you know, re- decent facilities down there um, and what have you. And so obviously for them to, it does not surprise me one bit that they're really forging ahead in terms of uh, trying to promote the, the women's game um, in, in promote from a club level perspective. Um, it just goes to show as well that it doesn't matter like what age you are. If you want to get into it, there's places, facilities, whether you're male, female, whatever. It, there's there's places you can go and play. If you just want to start playing and and then go go for a net, walk yeah, up yeah, to your yeah. local club. Yeah. Doesn't matter what standard they play, just get involved and see how it's going to go. And not only did she she do that for outdoor cricket, but she's also done that for indoor cricket. That's, that's, a lot of people won't know. Here he goes. Here he goes on the indoor cricket thing. Played a bit of indoor cricket every side. A little bit. <laughs> um, but she says it's a very different game. I, th- I think it is. There's a, it's a great way to get people into the fundamental skills of, that are involved in it. It's a quick game. It's done in an hour and 20 minutes. Like, And everyone gets a go. Everyone has to bat. Everyone has to bowl. Um, but I think the fundamental skills that are on show are what will be used in all cricket. Um, it used to one thing that used to knock me when people walk there and hit something and go, "Well, that's four outdoors." 
like bang yeah, it yeah. over long over mid on and go that's four of our doors well not if there's a long on your tit like it just used to wind me up it's situational cricket and you learn to play cricket in a different situation and i think that's what indoor cricket does is it it makes you adapt to playing a slightly different game in a slightly different way and and, and the fielding is if you if people ever get the chance to go and watch and and oh it's brilliant a, 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 some, whether it be an international game or a, an elite level game, it is rapid, absolutely the, um, rapid. I was just thinking that as you were talking there, I, I didn't, I didn't play a lot of it and and got exposed to it very, very late. Um, but I wish I'd have learned to play indoor cricket at a really young age. Yeah, because I think it teaches you different ways of playing. Like actually, to to then to try and launch it over the top is so high risk, and you have to be so precise with it um, that actually it teaches you to use angle bat, try and make your threes, bounce it up into the wall, etc. And so it forces you to play under your eyes, mm. which, as we all know, you listen to any of the top international players, they all say play late, play under your eyes. Uh, and I think that indoor cricket offers you the ability to learn those skills early. Um, and I would, you know, say to any juniors out there or any parents who've got kids, if you are Birmingham, Derby, I think there's one in Bristol, you know, anywhere, search out. If you've got access to indoor cricket and you've got youngsters, um, I honestly, I'd seriously consider getting them involved in it because I think that it will, will help anybody's outdoor game immeasurably by learning to play indoor cricket properly. Yeah, there's, there's a, the company that are doing it at the minute are called Action Indoor Cricket. They've got a, they're all over Facebook and Instagram, um, Twitter and whatnot. But just dive on there; they'll they'll be able to give you a link. I know I've played a lot with Huge as well. I don't know what your thoughts on the game. Yeah, Huge. I, I mean, I, I I actually I don't know how many people know this. I actually played for Varsity. I was an Action Door, uh, an Action um, Cricket umpire. So that's you know, oh, right, okay. that's pretty much what I did from the ages of sort of eighteen to twenty two um, in South Africa. So. Yeah, I've played it for for quite a long time. Um, I, I never really got into playing it too much because I was umpiring most of the time, especially when you're umpiring five games a night. You start off at six and finish yeah. at two in the morning. Um, not much time to play, and you're doing that for what four or five times a week. But I did play a couple of times here, especially when it was in Canary Wharf, um, and then we went down to uh, was it Derby? It was uh, White Chapel. White Chapel. Wasn't it? No, oh, Derby. Yeah, yeah, that's where you played with me. Yeah. I, I, I had to initiate you. Yeah, that, that sounds oh, yeah, that, um, anchovies um, was not nice. Lovely. Um, not a paid partnership, that, by the way. Yet. We must, uh, we must just mention. <laughs> uh, yet. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure that Simon's on that, the amount of mentions of the game. Big, big Smoke and Woodstock are kicking up a right foot. Um, <laughs> jokes. Jokes. Uh, anyway, so, yes. Um, yeah, Laura... Um, Bales, yeah, I just find it really interesting to talk to. Obviously, you know, from a more mental health perspective, um, some of the stuff that she, she's been through. I mean, I don't... When she was talking to us about being away in Croatia or Sardinia or whatever it is, I mean, it's a pretty poor show from Surrey, isn't it, to say, right, this is your opportunity. Uh, if you can't get back, then you're out, which is, in effect, what's been said. I'm sure there's more to it than that. But that's, you know, if someone's on holiday, if you want to pick someone and they can't make the first game because they're on holiday, well, I'm having yeah, another go. Yeah. But, you know, other, other people, you know, people with probably a, a, a weaker disposition than Laura 
um, might have reacted pretty badly to that. Um, you know, she she's obviously really strong and uh, upbeat about stuff and whatever. Mm. But that we know we know from talking to her that was pretty tough for her to to get through and whatever. And I think that you know you talk about safeguarding and and this that, and the other. Safeguarding can't only be for kids now. You, you know, when we're talking about trying to promote mental health awareness and how people are being treated and what have you then you know I, I think people like that do have a, a duty of care to, to those players um, you know I'm, I'm, I'm probably I'm sure that the, whoever the coach was or whoever makes these decisions at Surrey didn't even consider everything that had gone through the timeline of Laura trying to get into playing for Surrey and, and that that would then even create the tiniest of problems but it did so it is something that needs raising and something that people need to be aware of. It, it just shows a little bit how, even then, in what, 2018, so you're only talking what, a couple of years ago, can you like, can you imagine it in a in a men's county side, the, the person that's squad number 15 on the list being able to nip off to Croatia? I'm not blaming Laura for that, but that just, just goes to show that, like, that's that's the difference in in how it it was then. I mean, there's no doubt the coach would have been getting paid, so he's worried yeah, about yeah. his job. And they they might have had six, they might have had ten, they might have had whatever paid members of staff or paid players. But then to to not think, well, hang on a minute, we we're looking a bit short for this game. Let's get that Laura on the blower and check she's going to be available for this time period. Because we're we're short, or we've got England call ups, or whatever it might be, it, it just wouldn't. It, it just shows that the as much as advancements that there has been in the women's mm. game, you drop down a level to that, and it's still not quite there. Yeah, and that's yeah. whether whether it's changed again now. I would have thought so. But I you think it's at, only getting better, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think again, you know, the guests that we're talking to tomorrow, we, we're all really excited about. I think it'll give us a an incredible view into not only how uh, the women's game has progressed in the last 20 years, but also what their, the, the, you know, what needs to be done, what is being worked on. I know that this person is obviously doing a huge amount of uh, work in terms of trying to push the, the, the women's game forwards and whatever. So yeah, excited to have that conversation. Um, but yeah, look, you know, the, the, there are things that will need to continually be improved. It's not yet at the, the, the place where the men's game is. However, I think uh, women's cricket will see huge growth over the next 10 to oh, 15 massive. years. Um, and I think, you know, that that's fantastic. Uh, and I think that, you know, as we, as we spoke to Laura about, uh, there are more people um, across all genders kind of wanting to engage with it more. Learning a bit more about it, paying it more attention, watching watching more uh, women's cricket. I ended up sitting up watching the. Um, there was some T Twenty tournament being played in New Zealand the other week. It just happened to be on TV, and I was, you know, I, I sat there and, and watched it. And um, so it is entertaining cricket. It's not. It's not. Um, I, I don't think it is what some misogynistic people may fear it is if that makes sense it is they, they are very very talented these girls and, and more it's, often it, than not better than half the blokes that you see playing Saturday club cricket week in and week out oh significantly significantly one of the things that impressed me is like we were talking about how mentally sort of strong she is the fact that she's been she tried to sorry what four or five times 
Yeah. Got rejected and she's gone back, no longer bowled seam, bowled leg spin, and is still con- being contacted and in contact with counties yeah, yeah, yeah. about trialling again this winter. That yeah. takes a massive amount of mental strength yeah. and drive. And, Do you know I mean, what? If, one... she gets, if she gets a gig with Hampshire or Essex or Sussex or whoever it happens oh. to be, fair fucking play to her. Yeah. Good on her. Like, you know, to have the, the mental toughness to just keep going. Um, I thought it was quite interesting how the, the one time where Surrey did pick her up, she wasn't actually supposed to be there trialling. She was there helping a friend, wasn't she? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's you look, look shines on people sometimes. And I know the story didn't end that well. But I think there's a positive ending for Bales in here somewhere. And I really do hope that one of the counties give her an opportunity to kind of show well, out. Playing for the slog in at 11, that's going to be... Oh yeah, well she is coming up, isn't she? She's going to uh, yeah. she's going to show the three of us up on the thirtieth of August when we got. To I tell you what, she, yeah, she strikes me as being more feisty. She's definitely more feisty on the pitch than I am. I know that. Well, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not captain in her. That's for sure. We'll <laughs> 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 so, we just give her the armband when we get there on the day. There you go, Bales. You can do it. You're in charge. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, look, nice way to finish that. I think. Who have we got coming on? The amount, of, the amount of recordings we're doing at the moment, unbelievable scenes. We have, in the next few weeks, uh, Lydia Greenway, uh, ex-England uh, women's cricket legend. We have Paul Franks, uh, from ex-Nottinghamshire, uh, did play for England, so we're talking to him tomorrow. He's uh, recently come back from coaching uh, out in the T10 league with Kumar Sangakara. Um, we have um, Andrew Edwards, who is an autistic guy who uh, has done a lot of writing, a lot of stats work about cricket on living with autism and he's loved the game, so we're recording with him next week. Um, we've, we've just got some amazing people lined up. We're, we're talking to all different types of people who've got a, you know, a real interest in the game, and a, a love of the game and a, and a story about their love of the game. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's very exciting times for, for the podcast. Uh, there's another couple of things bubbling away that obviously the three of us are aware of uh, that would be super, super exciting if we managed to pull them off. So, uh, fingers crossed, and they are TBC. And we've only got two more episodes, and we're out of February. Eat that, Toby Tarrant. Eat that, Toby Tarrant. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, having started his own rival podcast as well. Yeah, I know. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, we talking talking of that rival podcast. We, we're we're getting Daniel Norcross on here as well, aren't we? Uh, not to talk not to talk about their podcast. Um, although you should listen to it. Zero ducks given because they're a great bunch of lads, uh, and of course we would want to support them in the way that they've been happy for, to support us. So, um, but yeah, so um, yeah, uh, we shall see you um, next week. Just half an hour. Cheers. See you later. Bye.